I've been, I've been live streaming myself on Twitch, sharing the gospel for almost six years now. And we didn't start our church till about a year and a half later. So when I first started streaming, we didn't have a church to send people to. I would just encourage people like, hey, just go to a church in your area. And then right. really our church started out of a need because a lot of mm -hmm. people would show up to church in like a Dungeons and Dragons shirt. And, mm -hmm. and they would, they would get those looks. And we would get emails like, hey, I went to a church that you, you, you said, like, looked up one of my ear and I did. And they like told me I needed to like change my shirt and then come back. I'm never going back there again. Hey, and welcome back to From the Garofis with Micah Foster. That is my name. I am the lead pastor of a church called Two Cities Church. And just like everybody else, we have made, we've had to make a digital switch in, uh, in the last month or so because of COVID-19. Now, I've been having conversations with people who are digital ministry leaders, and I've got a lot of great uh, podcasts coming down the pipeline. I'm really excited about it. But today I had a fascinating conversation with a pastor who's the pastor of God Squad Church, and the church is exclusively on Twitch. That's right, Twitch TV, the uh, online streaming platform for gamers. They created this church to reach gamers. It's incredible. They have over 3,000 people that are pretty involved or engaged in their church, and uh, it's all online. So I hope you enjoy this conversation. Yeah, so my name is Matt Souza, and online I go by Suzy Live. It is my gamer name that I've been going by for quite some time. I have the honor and privilege to be married to, in my opinion, the most beautiful woman in the world, Amanda. We met at North Point Bible College. We both graduated studying for ministry. She graduated, we both double majored. She graduated with worship music, as well as biblical degree. And I graduated with pastoral ministries, my biblical degree. We, uh, after college, we moved to Connecticut and worked at a church. I was an associate pastor. My wife was on staff as well. And it was all in that time that really I had started kind of really coming to terms with who God had made me be in terms of mm. my love for gaming. Mm. If you are familiar with the gaming world, you probably are aware that most people don't think very positively about the hobby of video games. <laughs> Right. Most people, when they think of gaming, they think, oh, well, if you're a gamer, you're going to grow up to be irresponsible, live in your mother's basement, and probably not hold down a job for very long. Mm -hmm. And so I've been gaming my whole life, and, but I never wanted people to think that of me for obvious reasons, especially studying to become a pastor. And so for a long time, I had either just not told people I played video games, or I just stopped playing altogether because I was like, maybe it's even wrong. Like, I'm studying to be a pastor, I'm working at a local church, you know. It, it might sound funny, but serious the thought of what will people do if they find out what I do when I go home and I play mm -hmm. video games? Are people going to respect one of their pastors when he has this big time-wasting, irresponsible hobby? And God really began to work in my heart during that time to help me understand that what gaming is, is not bad. It's simply a neutral, right? There's so many things in life that could be used for good or be used for bad. Now, certain video games are just bad, and we don't play those, and we recommend people don't play them either. But gaming as a whole is, is a hobby that, depending on how you use it, determines its worth. And so God began to help me understand, obviously, my identity, that my identity is not found in being a gamer or being, being a child of the living God. And God really began to put a passion in my heart to connect with all the billions of people in the world who had been feeling the way that I felt, not telling their, their coworkers that they played video games fear of being thought of the way that I've been and so I had never really dived into the world of like online gaming all that much. I just kind of played video games by myself. Mm. And I began to research, okay, how many gamers are actually in the world? And today when you do research, you find there are 2.2 billion gamers worldwide. Wow. And that's an astronomical number. If you were to really right. consider the community to be a nation, 
it'd be by far the largest nation in the world. And this stat is actually five years old, but five years ago, which it's skyrocketed since then, five years ago, gamers were putting in a total of 1.56 trillion hours of video games a year, 30 billion hours a week. Massive wow. number, massive number. Now, obviously, we can have our conversations about is that the best use of time or not? And obviously, in a lot of ways, no, it's not, because some people are addicted. Some people are neglecting their responsibility. That's, a, that's a, obviously a reality. It's not every gamer. And here at God Squad Church, we encourage people that responsibilities, video games, do not need to. We need to play them in a, in a wise way. But the truth is, whether we like that fact or not, the fact is we have billions of people that are sitting in chairs like I am, looking at a screen and not in the local church. And we can either just say that that's wrong and they shouldn't do that, or we can, we can do something about it. We can do what Jesus did. We can go to where the people are at. And it really paused me to ask the question of, how do we get the gospel to people who don't leave their house? How do we get the gospel to people who just sit in a chair and watch a screen all day? In my opinion, I believe that Jesus would have put himself on that screen. Jesus would have put himself on that screen so people were consuming his content, hearing his word, hearing his gospel, but he would have done it by meeting the people. And so my wife and I, for five and a half years, have just been on a journey of, reaching gamers all around the world from all demographics, white, black, male, female, homosexual, atheist, any person we can tell the gospel to on the internet we've been doing. And it's been, it's been a wild adventure. It's been a wild adventure for sure. God's been blessing. So, so, all right. So uh, is the name of your church, God squad church? Correct. So you guys, do you have a physical location as well? So we were going to launch our first one. Uh, it, uh-huh. it was like an extension of our online campus, March 21st, and then COVID-19 hit. And so that's been postponed until obviously that's, this is over. Right. And you, so you were, and where is that located? It'll be in Midlothian, Virginia. And so we've okay. had a vision to plant our first physical location, our second campus. We consider our online campus our first campus Okay. Uh, for a very, very long time. And our vision was always to have a, a physical location with what's called a land center. Are you familiar with what a land center is? Uh, so land gaming, like in person, you've got the, the network that you can play. You don't have to play through the internet. Correct. Correct. Sort of thing. So we've actually, we've, we've purchased several high end PCs and consoles, and we're actually going to have a land center as the lobby of our church. We're after church. Everyone's going to sit okay. down, game together, hang out. We, we really, we take that inspiration from Acts 2, I believe it's 46, where the Bible says they continue to meet together daily in the temple courts. And the reality is you're probably aware of this as a pastor of a church that a lot of times when you say amen at any of your sermon, I mean, people just can't get out fast enough. Some people, are, <laughs> they're in their car driving away. I'll see you next week if we even make it till then. And for a lot of people, there's, there's a lack of that gathering together, mm-hmm. uh, especially on a daily basis. Most yeah. of church now today is just Sunday. I'll see you next Sunday. I'll see you next Sunday. Right. And there's no gathering the believers throughout the week. And that land center, that gaming, because that's what gamers do. They sit down and it sounds awkward. It sounds weird. But while we're playing, you know, Halo and Call of Duty and having action-packed games, like people are talking about life. Like, hey, so how's your marriage? Oh, it's going pretty well. Shoot that guy in the face. Hey, how, how are your kids doing? Hey, one of my kids is struggling. And they're having real-life conversation while just kind of playing background. And that's what's happening online. And that's what will be happening in our, in our lobbies, a mm-hmm. place for people to sit down and truly connect, play video games with their past play video games with their friends and give them a reason not to run out of the building on a Sunday, Saturday, right after service is over, right. be able to connect together. 
So, I mean, I experience a similar thing, you know, what I tell our host team, our guest services is that as soon as the service is over, I make a beeline for that door and I try to say bye to everybody. Try to, you know, even if, if we have guests halfway out through the building, I'll be like, thanks for coming. You know, I'm like trying to get some sort of connection with the people before they leave because I don't want people just to sit, you know, in the row and then leave. I want them to have community or at least have the opportunity for community. So yeah, I totally, totally understand that. So, um, you know, I, I think I, you know, I, I play a little bit on my phone, right? So I've got, <laughs> you're a casual guy. I'm, I'm very casual, right? <laughs> so very casual and, and don't have a lot of time for it, but you know, little, little cod mobile, right? Little, okay. little something like that. Nice. My nice. son likes Fortnite. Of course he's, of course, yep. he, of course he loves Fortnite. Um, so my question, and so obviously I don't have an issue playing um, violent games. Sure. Right? <laughs> so I, even when uh, I remember in my college days, it was Counter-Strike. Okay. So, yeah, good game. and that was, there was, it was in the dorms. So we had a land network in the dorms basically. Right. Anyway. So um, my question to you is, and you probably get this all the time, or at least you have in the past at some point, the violent games. Sure. All right. So this is, this is the number one concern of parents and gaming besides the irresponsibility and addiction stuff that could come up. The number one uh, concern of people is, okay, the violent acts that happen in the games, how sure. are we reconciling, you know, that with what we see in the world and what we don't want our kids to actually do or we, what we sure. don't want to actually do in the real world. For sure. Give you a chance to, Give your two cents on that. Yeah, hundred percent. Well, one, especially coming from a parent's perspective, uh, one thing I want to encourage parents on is one: if there are certain video games that you don't want your kids playing, you simply don't have to let them play it. Right? Mm -hmm. There are certain video games that have uh, actually every video game has what's called an ESRB rating, which means a lot of these violent video games are rated M for mature, seventeen plus. And so, I definitely would encourage parents to do the research on the video games that their children are consuming. Right, especially as you know, for example, you said your your son is ten years old. If there was a violent video game that your son wanted to play and you didn't want to play it, not only can you not play it, he can't afford to get it, right? <laughs> and so, right. I definitely want to encourage parents. There are resources out there to look into the games that your children are consuming. If because every parent has the right to determine what they want for their kid and what they don't want for their kid. So, one, I would definitely encourage you to be checking those ESRB ratings. And if your son or daughter is not seventeen. You don't have to, obviously. You can recommend that they don't play it and not allow them to play it. But in terms right. of the whole violence in the video games, I think that video games have gotten a negative stigma as if video games are the only source of just violent content in the world. Mm -hmm. I mean, parents were sitting down and watching, you know, action-packed movies with violence, but then don't associate the movies. It's just the video games that kind of get that bad rap. And to an extent, I do get that because a movie might last an hour, 45 minutes but they might play that video game for a hundred hours over the course of two months time. And so definitely want to be monitoring what your child is consuming. But I think just the violence needs to be broken down a little bit as to what type and why is there violence in the video game? I think even just biblically, we need to understand that there's a difference between killing and murder, that they're, they're actually not the same. And so murder is a hate filled vengeance, rage induced, motivated type of killing. And there's killing that goes on in video games that has nothing to do with anything that you said. For example, Fortnite. Your son plays Fortnite. 
he's not filled with rage and anger and, you know, trying to get back at someone and shooting their head off with a shotgun and this blood and gore going, right? That's not Fortnite at all. It's more of a sport. It's more of a who's got the best aim, who's got the best, best reaction time. And sure that there's, there's killing going on, but it's not a murder type of killing. It's not a Grand Theft Auto type of killing, which is a game that I do not play or recommend people to play, where you are going out in the street, and I'm only mentioning one negative part of this game. You're going out on the street and murdering innocent people who are just literally walking down the street with their children, right? I don't think that's a godly behavior that God wants to, you know, be engaging in. But Call of Duty Mobile is complete. It, I mean, it's war. It's, it's kill or be killed. It's, it's really more of an activity at that point. And you even have to, you have to look at the scriptures. The reality is, if the Bible were made into a video game, the Bible would be rated M for mature. There is so much content in the Bible that's not bad, but it might be something that you would not put in a PG movie. I mean, even The Passion of Christ was rated R, just for the blood and gore that's mm -hmm. in the movie. Right. And we see throughout scripture that there was acts of killing that happened in the Bible to accomplish the purpose of God. Right. I mean, they, they were wars. I mean, you, you can't read the story of David and there'd be no killing involved in it. But it was not hate-filled, vengeance, rage-induced, you know, motivated murder that were going on. And I really believe that even today, God wants to use these video games that I believe are good, that don't have murder, but there might be some violence to accomplish his purposes. Literally, I play a game called Destiny 2, and every single day, I get new people in. On average, about 50 to 100 brand new people every day sharing the gospel with them while I'm shooting people in the face playing destiny too, but I'm not filled with murder. I'm not filled with anger. It's just a fun sport, killer be killed. And we're using it for God's glory. But I think it's all about one it's monitoring the content your children are consuming. Mm -hmm. And every, and every teenager has a different maturity level. You can have two 14 year olds and one realizes this is a game. I shouldn't do this in real life, but the other might not grasp that so well. And so parents, you need to know your individual child as well. What can my child actually handle? And then two, understanding that not every video game has that murder type of violence going on and knowing that difference, I think is crucial as well. Right. Well, I, I, I bet you've heard that a lot. Like you've talked to a <laughs> lot of people who have asked you similar questions and you've yeah, yeah. preached on it and you've shared it. I'm like a hundred times. I am way over a hundred times, but I appreciate you taking the time to yeah, of talk through with me now. I, so let me turn my attention to this. All right. So I got some questions. Yeah. Let me pull them up, up over here because in this current state where many of us live under stay at home yeah. orders or essential workers only are leaving house or only leave house for essential things. Um, uh, your model of ministry is uh, how has that impacted your model of ministry? I would say. So honestly for us, it hasn't, impacted our model of ministry, our model at all. Uh, I mean, we've been, we've been very blessed to be a, a kind of ahead of the curve for the past four years when our church started in uh, 2016. Now, obviously, we've been exclusively online, and it, it hasn't affected our model of ministry at all. Um, it obviously has affected our people, because even though they're gamers, they still have jobs, they're still working at five. Um, what surprised a lot of people is the average age of hardcore gamers actually 33 years. So obviously, 33 year olds are by that point, mostly working a career, working on the path that they're going to be in probably for the rest of their life, or at least working some kind of job. If you're not working by 33, right. we've gone wrong somewhere, right? right. <laughs> Unless for obviously for very specific reasons like disabilities. Things. But so for our people, obviously it's affected their lives. 
Um, and obviously, like any church, any leadership, they're helping navigate their people through what's going on in the world. But in terms of our model of ministry, honestly, it's, it's, been, it's been untouched. We have mm-hmm. really remained the same. The only thing that's changed was the postponing of our physical location. Mm-hmm. But we've been very blessed because things have really gone unchanged for us. We've had all the live streaming equipment that better like sold out worldwide right now. Every church on the planet has been buying every live streaming equipment possible. And so we've kind of already had that in surplus. We've got, you know, backups and backups and backups. And uh, it's been really great because we've actually been able to create resources for other churches that Mm -hmm. are going in blind, right? Right. Being forced into a world they've never stepped into before. And uh, it's been very humbling to be able to help people because one thing we've always prayed is God and everything we do, help us to help people to do what we do without having to learn and go through all the really hard stuff that we had to go through to get here. Mm-hmm. And so creating the resources has been a, been a huge blessing to a lot of people. I've had multiple conversations like you and I are having pastor Micah about, Hey, what's all this looking like for you? How did you guys get here? How can, how can we do it better? Mm-hmm. And so it's been a great honor to do that, but how has it affected our model? We've been very blessed to honestly, really not at all, not only because our church is online, because the people we reach live their lives on. Right. So even for a lot of gamers, besides their job, their normal life is when I don't have any responsibilities to do, I sit down in a chair and I hang out on the internet world anyway. So it's right. relatively been a touch for us. Right. And so, so you guys stream, uh, what does your service look like? Yeah. You know, cause, cause you do stream a service, right? And you stream Correct. and what are the platforms you stream to? So we stream exclusively to what's called twitch.tv. So we do, two, we do two types of streaming platforms. Uh, one, the reason we, we stream on Twitch is that is the l- by far exponentially the largest video game streaming platform in the world. Nothing even comes close to it. Not YouTube, not Facebook. Uh, Facebook has a gaming section. I'm not sure if you were aware of that. Yeah. Uh, not Mixer. Very recent, right? Uh, yeah, like, like I think within a year. Yeah, so not mm-hmm. very, very long. Um, Twitch is by far the largest. It's also owned by Amazon, which can mm-hmm. probably explain to you why it's, you know, dominating the scene. <laughs> but so we, we, stream- we actually did. Uh, so we're using since we went online. So yeah. we've been a small church plant. All right. So we've been that way for a while. We don't have our own facility. We rent space, you know, and then we got the, hey, no groups more than 10 can meet yeah. together. And we said, all right, we're going to pivot. We're going to go all online for right now we'll see what happens. And, uh, and so what I used, and I had been doing some streaming to Facebook live and things like that. So I had like a basic understanding. So then I signed up for a restream account. Yeah. And so we, I was like, let's go to Facebook, YouTube, Twitch and Periscope. Yeah. We're like Periscope is still a thing. Like, yeah. (laughs) So, so, uh, but knowing that we have absolutely no, you know, influence on Twitch or Periscope. We have no audience that's built in. Um, so that's the struggle is like, okay, yeah, it's streaming, but there's nobody on. I mean, there's like one or two people may pop on, you know, yeah. but we're not monitoring that very well because we're focusing on the other yeah. places, but it's just going, right? right. So it, you've been on there a long time. Yeah. And you mentioned it's the biggest gaming streaming platform, right? And there are more and more young enthusiasts who would love to be full-time game streamers, yeah. which is probably, it's like, uh, you know, it's such, I think that that's a hard thing to, to get to the full-time 
thing. Yeah, you got to have a pretty good audience. It's like a, it's like a professional musician, a professional athlete. Like right. the amount of people aspiring to it is a lot, and the amount of people who make it is small, right? Yeah. Just like any any sort of thing like that. So, uh, but there's a lot of people on there, and there's a lot of teenagers on there that are just getting into it, you know, and that sort of thing. Um, but what do you see other people using Twitch at all in any other way? Or do you feel that it's pretty much going to remain a gaming platform? No. So actually this is a shift that Amazon has made. Um, I think maybe about a year and a half, eh, maybe two years ago, they started changing everything. It was actually when Amazon bought Twitch. Amazon has not always owned Twitch. And I think they brought a lot of really, really good change because before it was against the rules to do anything other than video game content. Mm. It was against the rules. So kind of to backtrack and answer your question, because I'll tie it into this question. Sure. Our services look very, very similar to your normal service. We open up, we got worship words on the screen. You know, we have a time of offering. We have a message where, you know, I try to do what I believe Jesus did. He spoke in, in a way that people can understand. So I use a lot of video game analogies to help teach the scriptures that I'm teaching. But it's very, very similar to your normal service. Some things that we might be might do that are different is, you know, we add a lot of lighthearted humor to like our announcement videos because that's, you know, the gaming community is a very fun place to be. We do giveaways every week as an outreach to bring in new people. But overall, honestly, it's, it's very, very similar to your typical, even physical service. And now our service, since everyone's online, probably doesn't look much different. Um, in terms of the format, we do things that, that I, I think are very, very important to live streaming services that would make ours different. But in terms of format, it probably looks very similar to what most people would look at. But before they made that change, it looked very different. The format was similar, but we had to have some, some type of video games on the screen at all times. Oh, wow. So we would have, I mean, I, when I, it was very bizarre. We were experimenting with new ideas. Uh -huh. Our first service, I stood in front of a green screen and the whole background was just video game play because we like, we have to obey the rules. Otherwise we're going to get right. banned, and, but we have to, we have to have our, you know, our message and our worship. And so like, even during worship in the corner, there'd be like just a small little box of just uh -huh. like halo gameplay because it just <laughs> needed to be on the screen so like people are getting shot by snipers oh. in the middle of war. <laughs> so that was a, that was an interesting, you know, that, phase. You, know, you to talk work about, I'm sure you had some interesting songs with lyrics about, you know, the blessed blood or something. And <laughs> someone's getting shot and you just the imagine like someone like coming in and being like, what is happening right here? You know, and <laughs> someone's singing about blood. Oh, that was that funny. Yeah. But so, but, so, so this, the service format is very similar to a traditional format yeah. of a church. It's just being streamed. And then you have some fun, which a lot of churches are doing. Yeah. Have some fun with the announcements, have some fun in the beginning sort of thing. Yep. And then you use a lot of gaming analogies to help connect with your audience since they're already plugged into that. They already know that you just know your audience. Correct. You are your audience. So you're, right. you're already there. Well, that's, that's pretty cool. That's pretty interesting. I mean, there's been a, there's been a concept for like niched churches for a long time, right? There's been like skate church and there's been all kinds of things like that. Yep. Um, you know, and even, uh, you know, people would make an argument for um, uh, sports churches that yep. aren't, they don't consider themselves churches, but they're parachurch organizations parachurch. that, yep. that do things in the mm -hmm. sports arena or um, things like that. But you don't, you're not a parachurch organization. Correct. 
we you're would, a, we would, you're a church church. Correct. So, um, you know, where, where traditional churches might have small groups yep. or community groups, you guys have gaming sessions, I'm assuming. No, we have normal small groups too. The you reality, do. We have, we have, we call them experience groups, right? Gaining experience okay. to level up in your faith. And so the, rea- <laughs> the, re- the reality, the reality is, and I, you know, I, I'm totally aware of the parachurch ministry model. I think it's great. Uh, but the reason that like with what we do as a gaming church, the reality is we're still reaching people. What brings us together is, and what keeps us together is not the video game. It's our, it's our love for pride. What brings us together for the first time is our common interest. And in my opinion, it's not, it's not very different than uh, any outreach ministry that any church does. Hey, we're going to be handing out, uh, you know, um, lunch and backpacks to underprivileged people. What's bringing right. the people together? Their common need of backpacks and, and, and meals. Uh, we're going to have a, you know, a couple's outreach comedy night. What's bringing people that are common interest of I'm married and I want to, you know, I want to have a, a fun night tonight. And so it brings people together. Churches are doing it all over the world. They're using one common interest to bring people together the first time. But then what keeps people together is their passion for Christ. People are getting saved. Now they're part of the, the, the family of God. The only difference for us is our church is our, our the, like the number one form of outreach is that one common interest. It's just video right. games. And because a lot of people have similar interests, now that we're all together, sure, we're going to play games together. But for example, our, our small groups, we're still human beings. We're still people. We still love Jesus. So even at our small groups, they actually, no, they, they don't play video games. They meet online. They talk about life. They have questions, really in deep, you know, thought provoking questions based on the right. message that was preached at the week past. Okay. They pray together and throughout the week, they're staying in touch. They're staying in touch through their, their text messages, praying for one another. And then throughout the week, if one of them wants to hang out and play together, sure, they get together and they game because one of the advantages of being together as a online church is it'd be very, very uncommon for someone to put their kids down to bed, be done for the night, but maybe they're more of a night owl. Like, man, it's 10 o'clock at night. I really want to go hang out with my friends, right? That's not going to happen. Right, right, not, right. I want to go to the church and hang out with the pastor. That's, that's not right. going to happen. Right. But with the online world, it makes, it makes that possible. So honestly, our, our fellowship, I guess, time percentage is really, mm-hmm. it's very, very high because people can get together with ease of access all the time. And so, yeah, for us, a lot of, we have a lot of video game themed or a lot of our titles, like the experience groups sure. are video game themed. Cause that's what brings the people in. Sure. But our serve, like we don't, we're not playing video games during our service. Our service is very anymore. similar to another and anymore. Any, well, actually, they were just like pre-recorded. But our 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 ministry and the way we keep people connected is just like every other church, really through the power of Christ and the fellowship of the of the believers. Very cool. Very cool. Now now, okay, so what what medium are they using to meet online for their experience groups? So are they using Zoom, are they using something else? So there is a very, very commonly used platform in the gaming world. It's called Discord. And so mm-hmm. Discord, have you heard of Discord? Mm-hmm. Okay, so Discord, just for anyone that's listening doesn't know, it allows you to have text chat, voice chat, video chat. Yeah, it's, it can almost be like a website where you have these different panels people can click on and they can read information. So we do like, we have daily devotionals that go up. And people click on it. It's a read-only room and they can just read the devotionals for the day. We have people can put their prayer requests and other people can respond to it. We have an answered prayer request because we believe that God just doesn't hear prayers. He answers prayers. 
Mm-hmm. And so people, they're like, man, I feel like God doesn't hear me. They go through the answered prayers and like, wow, okay, maybe mm. God does hear people. And wow. I'm just, I'm just waiting on my answered prayer. And so wow. there's tons of spiritual resources, but then there's just these, these voice chat rooms where like at any given time, anyone can just jump in and hang out with each other. So people are doing that because we have people in all time zones of the world. So right. people are, I mean, I'm sleeping and people are fellowship, which is really, really, it's an incredible privilege. And so that discord, it has so much access for voice text and video chatting. that that's how we do all of our small groups, okay. all, all 10 of the people, they can do a voice, a video chat at the same time. But then in that group throughout the week, it also has text chatting, voice chat. So they're not just meeting once a week, but they're connecting throughout the week, praying for one another. And it's, it's so simple through this discord app. That's how we do a lot of our pastoral care. We have, we literally have people going into surgery and several hours before, while they're in the waiting room, they're on a video chat with, you know, one of our staff pastors Mm -hmm. praying for them right then. And so discord for us, we call it the hallways of our church. It's where people spend time together. It's where they hang out. They can share funny pictures. They fellowship. They can put pictures of themselves and be like, Hey, I just got a new dog today. And so it's, it's like, it's like a video chatting service, social media platform, website, kind of all in one. And like mm-hmm. every gamer in the world uses it. So it's perfect for us. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. It just fits the audience, right? It really does. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's so funny. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so tell me, um, let me get back to my questions here so I can keep us on track. Um, since, you know, so many churches have shifted to online, right? So most of them won't use Twitch, right? right. Just because it's yeah. not where their audience is. Um, but if a church was going to use Twitch, okay, what is the, as like one of their digital campuses, not even their main campus, right? I'm using campus because it's a different platform. Um, if they were going to do that, what are a few of the like do's and don'ts or what would be your recommendations for them? Specifically for Twitch or just live streaming? as Let's go Twitch. Okay, Twitch. So one, I'd like to kind of pause and just touch on something that you mentioned right there, because I think that this is the mindset that a lot of churches do have. And it's, it's the mindset that a lot of gamers have about what churches think about them. You know, you mentioned that a lot of, a lot of people won't be on Twitch because that's not where their, their audience is. But the reality is that gamers are just, they're just normal people too. So for a normal physical church, that's really just casting a wide net to reach anyone and everyone. I think Twitch would be a very, very appropriate place to reach people. Gamers are not the kind of people that will only go to a gamer church because as of four and a half years ago, it didn't exist, right? Right. <laughs> and gamers have been going to church for a very, very long time. And so that mindset of our audience is not on Twitch, I, I would almost argue that, that like, yeah, 100% they are. These gamers, they are people that, that, that need the gospel, that want to be reached. The only difficult part is gamers, because of that mindset, think that normal churches will call them, which is nothing wrong with the local church, non-gamer churches are incredible, hope of the world. But I think that gamers think that, quote unquote, normal churches wouldn't want them because they were a gamer. And we, mm-hmm. we, do, have, we do have unfortunate stories of, you know, before, because I've been, I've been live streaming myself on Twitch, sharing the gospel for almost six years now. And we didn't start our church till about a year and a half later. So when I first started streaming and didn't have a church to send people to, I would just encourage people like, Hey, just go to a church in your area. And then really our church started out of a need because a lot of Mm -hmm. people would show up to church in like a dungeons and dragons shirt. And Mm -hmm. and they would, they would get those looks and we would get emails like, Hey, I went to a church that you, 
you you said like look up one of my ear and I did and they like told me I needed to like change my shirt and then come back and wow. so I'm never going back there again yeah and so and unfortunately we were hearing those stories more often than we were not we were having more failed stories and success stories mm. and so that's really why our church kind of started on twitch to kind of meet that need of okay unfortunately this is not working very well and so but back to the original question of what would I say are do's and don'ts for churches that want to get on Twitch? Honestly, they're going to be very similar for just live streaming in general. Twitch is not very different than just any live streaming platform. The only difference is most of the people that are watching are probably going to be gamers. And so a lot of the principles are going to be kind of universal. One, you definitely want to make sure that your service is interactive. And I think Mm -hmm. this is something that every church can benefit from right now. Up until coronavirus hit, there were, thousands of churches doing live stream. But what it was, was the camera was in the back of the room. You just watch what we're doing. Right. And live streams need to be an interactive experience where you're acknowledging that people are, the people are there. Like I'm aware that you're there watching and you matter. You're not just a number below the screen representing how many people are here. So Twitch, that's what Twitch is all day. It's very interactive. It's a chat. I'm reading the chat. I'm engaged with people. And so, when you're doing services on Twitch or really any live stream platform, I would encourage you to incorporate engaging moments where literally I, I walk on stage with my phone in my hand and I <laughs> see the chat. Yo, what's up? You know, fill in the name. It's good to see you. God bless you. I'm also seeing some names that I don't recognize, which means we got people here for the first time. It's good to see you. And the person on the other side of the screen is going, oh, okay, this isn't a YouTube video. Yeah. This is a live engage experience by pastor staff pass or whatever, maybe just acknowledge that I'm here. I matter. I'm real. And so even just during our, our, when our, you know, after the first song of worship, we have a person walk up and do the, do the greeting and he's saying hi to everyone. He's acknowledging, Hey, I know that you guys are watching from home. And just, it's just a little comments of not it like watching a service online shouldn't feel like a podcast. It shouldn't yeah. feel like a YouTube video. Um, because if that's the case, what's the point of showing up? for the live experience rather than just catching the VOD, the past Mm. recording later. Right. Yeah. So at that point, if our service is not engaging and interactive, then no, I don't really want to wake up at night. I I can just Mm -hmm. watch it at four 30. It'd feel the same anyway. You know what I mean? I can watch it. There's no point of us all gathering together because we're not actually, we're on engaged. We're not talking to one another. And so having elements of your service, that are engaging, interacting, acknowledging the people there, reading their names, I think very, very, mm-hmm. very important. Uh, also getting proper moderation in the chat is mm-hmm. very, very important. Uh, we'd love to believe that the internet is a great, kind, and safe place, but <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately, uh, it, is, it is not. It is not. We call them keyboard warriors, people okay. that would say things online they would never say to your face. Yep. And uh, that will happen in your services. And uh, some of it can be very, very inappropriate. And so you definitely want to have people not only there to be police and leak comments, but when trolls, those are the people that come into cause chaos, yeah. when trolls into your stream, it is an outrageous opportunity for ministry. We have an incredibly high success rate of the training of our mods when people do come in, try to disrupt the service, say really nasty, negative things. And literally, we've just trained our people. Like uh-huh. when someone says something bad in our chat, you will just see, like, you need to come experience it. It's, it, it's probably the most beautiful part of our service where someone says something so negative and you just see like 20, 30, 40 people be like, Hey, so glad you're here. 
God bless you. Now we've removed their ability to, you know, to speak anymore. But, yeah. 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 But, yeah. You know, we're so glad you're here. And so we, we have what's called the timeouts over 10 minutes. They can't talk anymore. Hmm. You know, we have our not, it's just not an instant timeout. It depends on what they said, who said it. What right. we sure. try to, context is important, but the amount of people that just start welcoming them. Wow. And depending on what the portion of the serve, like if it's just the greeting time, like in, in, in one of our staff pastors, like they'll call them out. Like, Hey man, Hey, we, we know we see that you might be someone to hear that, uh, you know, that doesn't, that you don't believe what we believe, but Hey, we're glad you're popping in. Hey, all's forgiven. No hard feelings. God bless you. Welcome. Hope you'll stick around for the rest of the service. And those people are just like, what did I just walk into? Right. What, wow. where am I? And right. most of the time, I'm not going to say it's every single person, but we have a very high success rate of those people turning around and being like, this is not at all. Mm-hmm. I, I need to see you. I need to, I need to see what. And those people will stick around and give the last call of Christ. And, but that starts with proper moderation, but not just police people that like delete, 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 right? We want to delete, but then we want to, we want to, we want to encourage, we want to remove, and then we want to restore, right? That's kind of our process. Remove the comment, restore that person's trust and faith in our community. Let's reach them. And it's, it's just, I think it's vital for live streaming, proper moderation. And I think a lot of churches just stop at the remove. Mm-hmm. There's like, okay, let's just delete the comment. Yeah. Well, Keep everyone I mean, else safe, you know. It's 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 what you'd have to do in a physical situation. Yes. Right? Correct. Because because you cannot put them on timeout. You cannot remove no. their privileges to speak, yeah. right? Um you can infringe on their uh amendment rights online. <laughs> <Just kidding>. <laughs> <laughs> but you can't do it in person. So no. they so, so they will just yell or they'll, you know, and so you have to, they have to physically be removed. Yeah. Few and far between. Right. I mean, of course, and I've never be, even had that happen in person. It could be safety but, issues. You know, they, they, yeah. they, they need to be removed for sure. Right. So, so it's a, re, it's a unique opportunity to show them love acceptance without compromising your community yeah. and having a negative impact on everybody else. Whereas if just couldn't, you just couldn't do it in person. It just wouldn't be the same. Yeah. Now, I, I really appreciate your pushback to me on telling me, you know, people are on there that you don't know are on there. <laughs> I, I think that's stuff we need to hear. Like that stuff, the 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 shift, the mind frame shift and all that stuff. I think that's stuff that's really important to understand and hear um, for, for all kinds of churches. Because even here's the thing that's going to happen, right? So areas are going to start opening up again. Um, stay-at-home orders are going to go away. The innovation that uh, that the church has right now um, is going to dial down quite a bit. You know, yeah. all those sorts of things, the concentration on communicating and live streaming and all that sort of stuff through the internet is going to just peel way back. There's probably even going to be a negative reaction to it from some people. Like, I'm sick of being online. I hate it. No. I'm, I'm going to fast for a year from <laughs> Instagram or whatever. <laughs> Because just because they're like, I hate being on screens because I'm on on screen all day for work and I'm on all, you know, whatever. So I think there's going to be quite a dial back from churches on what they're able to do or what they're going to do. Now, you're you are dialing up, trying to dial up your physical presence as well. Right. So you're going uh, backwards from what other not backwards in like a negative sense, but just like the opposite way of what most people do now, what, what is the impact you think that opening up a physical location will do to your original campus? Do you think it will have an impact at all? 
Yeah, I do. And so it's been, it's been something we've had to kind of intentionally navigate through one with what we communicate and just even just, just the terminology that we use one, we've been very, very careful to not say we're starting a church because we're not right. We've already started a church online. We've reached thousands of people and those people matter. And it's very easy for all those people online to feel like, Oh, well now they're starting a real church. Right. And what we've been doing online this time has just been kind of a fake thing because we couldn't afford to have a building. And so that is completely untrue. So we've been, we've been very, very intentional to communicate. We're starting a second location. So we're, we're moving forward. We're not, we're not moving backwards. We're, we're adding something new. We're growing and extending our church family because there, there are, it's very easy for people to feel like, because when you do it the other way around, it is, you know, it's very, it's very easy to feel like you're less important. And so we've been very, 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 very focused on, we need to create the exact same experience for both people, the exact same opportunity for, uh, for pastoral care, the exact in, interaction for the people in, per, uh, people in person and online. So that's why, like, literally, I mean, we haven't started our physical services, but we, we do this every year. We do an event called SquadCon, where our community for the first time ever, they fly in from around the world. We have three days of services, video games, wow. water baptism, worship nights, and they meet together like, oh, I recognize your voice. You know, they meet for the first time. Wow. And so we've, we've done really our model of our new location every year. We're literally, we're, we're engaging the online audience while in the middle of the service. Mm-hmm. So we, we deliberately have portions of our service where, like I, like I said, like I'll walk up on stage with my phone and, I, and I'll say hi to the people. I'm acknowledging, it's just a skill that I've developed because I stream eight hours a day, every single day, where I'm talking and reading comments at the same time. So I'm reading what my church is saying online while preaching. And so, and I can kind of play off and it's, it's good for me because no one's shouting amen back at me while I'm preaching, right? It's dead silence. So seeing the comments for the chat is very good, but I'll, I'll, I'll acknowledge. And sometimes what they'll say will spark a thought in my mind. The Holy spirit Mm -hmm. will use it to answer a question, whatever it may be. And so even when we're in person, we are very, very much acknowledging the honor presence because if we're not, then it just feels like, you know, unfortunately what a lot of live stream services are, is the people in person are the real church. And we just stuck a camera in the back of it. Mm-hmm. And you, you people that are at home, y'all just watch what we're doing. And so we're very, very, very focused on not doing that. And so we've had to be intentional because there even were some people like, oh man, like uh, they're starting a, a real church now. Are we not going to matter as much? So it's definitely been something we've had to navigate yeah. through because a new building, the land center, it seems very exciting and it can feel more important. The reality is right. it's not more important. Every right. person matters no matter what. Right. And, you know, um, I was curious because I wondered if you were going to do them at the same time um, or if you were going to do a online service differently than the in, in-person portion. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And we so talked you, about that for a little while. Yeah. Because we, we tried to, you know, because we asked ourselves the question of, can we have one service that really meets the needs of both? And I'll be honest, we, we almost were like, no, I don't think we can. And we might need to have two services. But then I just, I just, I just told our staff, I was like, I just don't know if I can wrap my mind around the thought right. that God's not big enough to figure this thing out. I don't, I don't know if we can just say, well, no, God's not smart enough to figure out a way to make both services fit both people. And so we just prayed, thought real hard, got creative kind of like what COVID's forcing people to do right now, get innovative mm-hmm. when you're trying to solve a really hard problem. I think, right. I think difficulties make you more innovative than ever before. And so we did, we trialed an error 
And we, some of our services were a little wonky. We felt that we felt it was more heavily attentive towards physical than we went the other extreme. This was, it's almost like the people in the room didn't matter, but mm -hmm. then we started kind of finding our sweet spot. And now we do, we just have one service for both. We do rebroadcast our, our service again at night where the worship and the sermon are pre-recorded, but everything else is done live reading. Right. So it's got elements, but that one is geared just towards the online. We will not have a, a second physical service. Right. 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 So uh, quick question. You mentioned pastoral staff. How many people are on your staff? So we have both paid and volunteer staff right now, full-time staff. Um, really, so I'm, I'm interesting. So technically, my, my role as the pastor is very, very unique. So technically, mm -hmm. by trade, I'm a full-time video game broadcaster. I'm a full-time Twitch partner. And so about eight hours a day, I live broadcast on Twitch, which is very, very unique, where I'm getting sure. outrageous amounts of evangelism outreach, just literally meeting. I, I interact with almost an average of 1,000 individual people every day on my live broadcast. And we give God wow. About probably 200 of those people are new every day, which is incredible. No, no, no. I'm not going to say that every single one of them gets saved because part of our church, right. but they're exposed to our community and hearing the gospel. Which yeah. Really, really you're, you're talking to <clears throat> a thousand people a day. About, yeah. So, I mean, you just think about the average pastor of any size church, and they're not talking to a thousand individuals a day. Like they're, they're not, they're not having that opportunity. They could be in their community like all day long and not run into a thousand people that they can talk to, yeah. you know, depending on where they live. Yeah. So just, that's just really interesting. Keep going. So for my job, I'm doing a lot of, lot of live broadcasting. Like right when we end this podcast, I'll be going live on broadcast, right? <clears throat> live on stream today. So a lot of my responsibilities are really, really leading the vision direction of the church. Right. So I am, I'm preparing our sermons because I believe that the sermon steers the ship, right? I'm leading our staff. I'm leading the direction of our people. I'm casting vision for the future and really bringing the direction of our church. But a lot of when it comes to the, and I do obviously interact with our people because one, I have meetings with people, pastoral care, things like that. But the unique thing about my responsibility is people almost at any time of the day, as long as I'm live, which is a lot because like eight hours, people come in and talk to their, they can hang out with their pastor whenever they want. So they come up and scream, hey, pastor, just had this happen. Can you pray for me? Hey, let's, let's pause the video game right now. Let's pray together. And we'll, I'll pray for them right then. We have people that can even jump on voice chat with me while I'm live on stream. Now, obviously, that needs to be very heavily monitored, obviously. Right. But right. Um, right. people can come hang out, experience community. Everyone's hanging out in the chat. It just brings a lot of the church together at once. It's a very, very unique where, like kind of you said it, how many people can say that they hang out with their pastor for eight hours a day, right? It's, it's a very, very unique thing. I'm doing a lot of evangelism, a lot of outreach. But when it comes to the day-to-day the -day responsibilities, we have my wife, who's our executive pastor of the church. And really, she is responsible for the overall day-to-day -day organizational success of our church, the day-to-day -day responsibilities of the staff, the day-to-day -day responsibilities of anything business-related that, you know, that involves the church, taxes, finances, mm -hmm. things like that. So she's handling a lot of that stuff. Really, overall, my wife runs the day-to-day -day operations, everything going on. Then we have Pastor Ray, who is our, uh, he's our community care pastor. He handles all pastoral care, both for the online and our new uh, broadcast location. Then we do also have a full-time uh, media director who handles all of our social media, website, videos, graphics, design, all those things. And then we do have um, my wife's assistant, the assistant to the executive director. Her name is Elizabeth Higgins. And then we have two volunteer staff members, our children's director, 
Tammy Higgins, and uh, Aaron Loy, who is our discipleship pastor. And so wow. we have a total of seven, five do, five are, do get full-time pay from the church, and then two are volunteer. And we are all now actually located in Virginia, which at first was not the case. We were all in different states around the country. But wow. luckily, we've been blessed to kind of come together, which has been very, very beneficial. That's super cool. That's super cool. So you, I mean, that, how many people would you say are engaged with your church? Like they're returning, you know, fairly frequently to the, to the service. They're engaged in the discord discussion that, you know, that sort of thing. So not, not that that matters, but I think I'm just curious, like how many people are you guys engaging with regularly? So when you start getting into online ministry, you'll start realizing that that's a hard answer, a hard question to really answer yeah. because the numbers are so skewed and you can, you can dive in and see a lot of it. But so for example, you know, like the number I gave you, right. Even just in my live stream, right. I have, I might have two to 3000 views in one day, but one person might've watched for three seconds. Mm-hmm. Right. So I would, right. I'd be a liar to say that person's engaged and filled with the Holy spirit. You know? sure. <laughs> not yeah, not no. the truth. But in our, in our church, the, the number that we gauge off of is really our, our discord, which we call, like I said, the hallways of our church, people that are being exposed to our messages, small groups are just general chat where everyone's hanging out. They're, they're hopping into a, you know, a game room once a week. Like some people don't attend our services, but they'll attend our game nights, right? Cause they don't believe in God, but they're like, I like being around these people. I like, I like gaming with them. And so our discord has about 3,200 people. Now, is every single one of those watching every service, tithing, giving life to follow Christ? No. But they're engaged and being touched by our ministry on a regular basis in one way or another. Right. All right. I know I'm, out of, I'm almost out of time with you because you got to go live. Right? Okay, That's how yeah. you get paid. Uh, but, <laughs> but I got one more question for you. Sure. And it has yeah. to do with, um, do you guys have because i know you were recently in a competitive you know you were in a in a competitive gaming competition right that was kind of like you were trying to get through that season before we could have a conversation correct right? yes yeah, yeah yeah so does the <clears throat> church have a team or has the church had a, a like an oh, okay. team? oh okay so so the comp- so the competition that i was in was actually not uh video game related it was okay. a sponsorship deal that i was doing so it was sales related if you Got sold it. the most you won so okay. it, it wasn't a video game competition, but to actually answer your question, not yet. That is something that we do want to get into in the future, but getting into the esports scene is a multi-million dollar venture. Okay. It is a, if you want to do it right, and uh-huh. with esports, if you don't do it right, just, just don't do it at all. Um, you're just not going to go anywhere. And I don't think it would represent the kingdom well to be that church that has the worst esports team on the planet because that's what everyone would think we'd have and we'd be proving them right. Right. Uh-huh. <laughs> and uh, yeah. so it's something we do want to do because I believe that the esports world, it's a missions field, man. Like the reality is, I mean, it, there's, there's a prestigious level where just like with really any, any group in the world, a lot of times people only associate with people within the world. And so for the esports people, the top 1% of players in the world, they're only interacting with other top 1% players. And so how do we get into the top percent of one players and reach those top percent players? We're going to be one of those players. That's not going to be me. I'm pretty good at video games, but I'm not the top 1%. And so I really believe like we, we've got to get like an esports coach who's going to be like their chaplain, like their pastor, mm-hmm. who's really ministering to the whole player and helping them win at life, not just one of the competition, but also pushing them to be that 1%. 
for the purpose of, hey, if we had a church that was winning world competitions, how much exposure would that get for the gospel? Right. If we had those individual players who were missional minded and not just, I got to win the competition, but I got to win souls in the, you know, the locker room when I'm sitting back there with the other players and I'm on stage and building relationships when we're practicing together online, being intentional to reach those people. Cause those people won't, they won't watch my stream because my gameplay, it's just not on their level. They're like, right. Oh, this guy's terrible. I'm not watch this guy. I'm not terrible, but compared to them, I'm terrible. Right. And yeah. so they're like, I'm not going to sit here and watch this guy, you know, play a hundred times worse than I am hour when I could be watching someone else that I can actually learn from. And so we need 100% doing that, but we have not dived in that world yet just because, like I said, it's, it's a multi-million dollar industry that I pray that, and I believe God will, will bring us to one day so we can accomplish that goal, but we ain't, we're not anywhere. <laughs> yeah i just asked question because it's growing, right? Yeah, so the interest massive. is growing. Even our local school districts here are starting to, um, there's plans for an eSports arena at one yeah. of the schools. Um, because it's, it's going to, it's going to start to become a, people are going to start to see it as an option, uh, you know, instead of like, Hey, Tommy, you want to play baseball? You know, you want to play soccer? Uh, you want to play video game? You know, like you want to be in band, you want to it's going to be seen as something an extracurricular or something. And it's going to be seen that and and there's going to be more and more universities offer offering, yep. uh, scholarships or partial scholarships for their esports teams it's minimal right now but it's growing so yep. uh so that's the reason i ask the question is just because it's a growing sector it's a growing oh, community yeah. and and i can see that there's opportunity there for the kingdom so massive opportunity that's it man well thanks man i really appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule i know you're in front of a screen a lot so taking another <laughs> hour and adding it in front of the screen and taking it away from uh, whatever else you'd be doing right now, I really appreciate that. Um, you know, I'm going to be posting this um, uh, podcast probably in, in about a week or so. I'll cool. let you know. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, and hopefully it's helpful to somebody who's out there who's trying to figure out how to do live streaming, do ministry online, something like that. I mean, people have been doing online ministry for a long time. It's just been seen, I think, as a less than ministry. Yeah. Um, I remember way back when Life Church started a virtual campus. I can't remember yep. what it was called, the service. You know, it was like people would go in and they would have avatars and they would walk into a a you yeah. know a, a building and they would sit down in a in a in a church in this online world and you know it was totally bizarre, but it was like <laughs> oh, yeah. a total experiment into uh online church what that would be like and i'm glad that we didn't live there i'm glad that we didn't stop there in terms yeah. of like hey i'm gonna go into this pretend building and sit down in this pretend pew and watch this screen of an actual person um and and we've figured out better ways to do that but it's been seen as less than and uh, i appreciate you pioneering you know and letting us learn from you and letting all of us learn from you and hopefully more and more people can utilize their gifts, whatever they may be to reach kind of people like them online uh, yeah. because so many people are living there. I'm just telling you, I'm going to have a conversation. It's truth. Uh, you know, it's going to come out later, but I'm going to have a conversation tomorrow with a friend of mine um, who's been doing something called um, Insta church live. Okay. Where they've been doing live streaming churches on Instagram. And then recently he started uh, doing it to Twitch and also YouTube. And oh, nice. so he's doing a bunch. And on Easter, they had over a thousand people watching wow. Instagram alone. So 
um, he's, he lives in Hawaii. He used to live here locally in, in California. Um, and so I remember when he started, I kind of went to one of their first recordings, one of their first live recordings, and then he nice. had to move to Hawaii and, you know, he had to move to Hawaii. So, <laughs> so now they're streaming and they're streaming different time zones. So it's really interesting to see, but it's just him and his wife, just two people, you know, and they're trying to figure out how to make it work. Wow. You know, financially and all that kind of stuff, but they're reaching a lot of people and their services are like 12 minutes. It's like a, a song, a message and a prayer. Wow. And that's it. And then he releases like little snippets of content all the time, you know? And, yeah. 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 And uh, all that stuff. But anyway, something you should wow. check out too. Just that's pretty cool. You know, check it out. Yeah. Yeah. But man, thank you so much for hanging out with me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, and thank uh, you for the opportunity. It's been an honor. Yeah. No, I, I really do appreciate it. From 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 all the way from California. Uh, good luck. God bless you. Thank I you hope so that much. you, you are blessed so much more. And uh, keep keep it going, man. Keep it You're going. Pass the mic. Good right, talk to you. For joining God bless you, my friend. Bye -bye. Appreciate it. All right. Bye. Well, thank you so much for joining us and watching or listening to this entire episode. Just to let you know, my wife and I also own a virtual assistant agency called dreamsupport.club. That is the website, dreamsupport.club. So if you need some virtual assistant help, if you need some help uh, with administration, with your business or anything that you are trying to tackle, whether it's a dream or profession, we want to support you. We want to help you. So go to that website, check it out. Drop us a line if you have any more questions. God bless you. And I hope to see you next time from the Garofis.